calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League series, written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Starter is also available as an ebook and as an ad free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash The Starter. The Krakens did not kick some ass. The Ice Storm did, and plenty of it. Isis added three more touchdowns and two field goals in the second half. The Krakens' offense sputtered, save for one of the few plays in which Quentin had time to throw, and he hit Haywick for a 78-yard touchdown pass. Most of the pass plays, however, he'd barely had time to complete his drop back and look downfield before someone was in his face. He'd been hurried seven times, knocked down another 11, and suffered five sacks, three by Nosek, two by the Storm's left tackle, the player Shunan Wan was supposed to block. Basically, Quentin got the crap kicked out of him for 60 minutes. End result, Ice Storm 51, Krakens 7. In the human locker room, Quentin slowly peeled off his armor. He tossed the plates, wraps, armor, and shoulder pads on top of the blue-stained orange jersey already sitting in a heap on the floor. Man, did his head hurt. Beat-up players surrounded him. They all felt humiliated by the lopsided loss, yet an odd sense of optimism remained. The Ice Storm was a damn good team building on last season's success. Isis had several years of Tier 1 experience, and they were fully rested from the long off-season. The Krakens, on the other hand, had finished a brutal Tier 2 campaign only four weeks earlier. Nobody wanted to lose 51-7, but at the same time, no one had assumed the Krakens could go undefeated. Quentin and his teammates now had their first taste of Tier 1 blood. Nice game, kid! Quentin turned to see Don Pine, already fully dressed in a flashy black suit and matching hat. Sure, Quentin said. If you can call losing by six touchdowns, nice. Don shook his head and spoke in a quiet, subtle tone of voice. Let it go. The instant a gay man's it's gone, you need to move on and start thinking of next week. Forget it. And let the team see you're forgetting it. They look to you now. Remember that. Quentin considered the words and nodded. Don was right. Everyone watched Quentin unconsciously monitoring his moods, if not outright following his lead. At times, 
He'd just have to put on a happy face. Quentin turned to see Miss All the Efficient, standing only a foot away. Those little workers sure moved quietly. Elder Barnes, it is time for the post-game press conference. No thanks, Miss All, Quentin said. I'll pass. Hints of green washed across Miss All's single eye. Elder Barnes, I apologize for my lack of clarity. Clearly, I am to blame for any confusion. What I meant to say was, we must go to the press conference now. You are scheduled. I heard what you said. You heard what I said. I'll pass. Now Green flooded Massal's big eye. He turned and looked up at Pine. Q, Pine said. You're the starting quarterback. Post-game press conference is mandatory. Whatever. We got whipped by 44 points. Nobody wants to hear the losers talk. Come on, kid. Are you serious? Quentin stared at him, then nodded. Elder Barnes, Massal said, his words coming faster and with more urgency. If we don't get to the conference room right now, we will be behind schedule. Shuck off, Massal, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Quentin, Don said. Seriously, these are mandatory. Win or lose, you have to go and answer stupid questions from people who don't know anything about football. But that doesn't even make any sense. Massal started hopping lightly from foot to foot. The motion made him resemble a human child that had to pee. Don shrugged. No, I guess it doesn't make any sense, but you gotta do it. Why? Because it's mandatory. Quentin waved a hand in annoyance. Rules are for pansies. You used to be the biggest star in the GFL. What happened when you skipped a press conference? I never skipped one, Don said. You need some help with the cliche answers or something? Elder Barnes, please, we are now late. Quentin reached out and grabbed Massal's left pedipalp. Massal, I like you, but if you don't get out of my face right now, I will start getting angry. Human eyes don't turn black when we get angry, but I assure you, you will have no question about my state of mind. You get me? Massal blinked twice, pranced side to side once more, then nodded. Quentin let go of the pedipalp. Massal scurried away. Quentin looked at Pine again, who had a smirk on his face. What? Is it time for someone to correct Quentin's behavior again? Pine chuckled soundlessly, his shoulders bouncing a little as he looked to the ceiling. Quentin, my man, you are endlessly entertaining. You know that? Quentin hated to be laughed at, but sometimes he just had to roll with it. Don didn't mean any harm. Quentin had learned that the hard way last season. Time to change the subject. You got dressed fast, Quentin said. John and I are grabbing some dinner later, seeing downtown Isis. He's got a submarine lined up or something. You want to join us? No, thanks. I'm heading out with Ryan Nosek and some of the Ice Storm guys. Nosek? You mean the guy who knocked the living crap out of me out there? Don nodded. But, but he's from the other team. Sentience are sentience, kid. Just because they play for another team doesn't make them poison. And I'm dressed fast because that's what happens when you don't play. While I'd rather be playing, I have to say leaving the locker room with no bruises, breaks, or concussions is kind of a welcome experience. Quentin didn't know if Don was being serious or facetious. Just because Quentin would do anything to anyone to take every snap of every game, 
He still felt a little odd doing it, while a legend like Don Pine rode the bench. Don's eyes narrowed. Kid, you're not feeling sorry for me, are you? Quentin looked away, his face turning red. Well, knock that crap off. You earned your starting job. You want to feel sorry for me? Do it when you got three Galaxy Bowl rings, and you can make fun of me for only having two. Quentin's eyes shot to Don's right hand, where the sparkling rubies set in a pair of big gold rings sparkled in the locker room lights. Don smiled a friendly smile, but the message was clear. Quentin had a long way to go before he was on Don's level. All careers end. Not all end with as much glory as that of Donald Pine. Besides, Don said, there was no reason to take you out. You were thrown well. I only had one touchdown. You were 15 of 28 for 182 yards. Not all-star numbers, but considering your offensive line let you get roughed up all day, I'd call it a solid job. Most importantly, you know what you didn't have? Quentin smiled. No interceptions. Bingo. Know how many picks I gave up in my first Tier 1 game? Four, Quentin said. Don smiled. You been studying up on the old man? Quentin shrugged, trying to play it off. The truth was, he had been studying Don Pine's career. Every game, every snap, every off-field transgression. Quentin wrapped a towel around his waist and stood, trying to roll his back out to loosen the knots and shake off the deep pain radiating from the spot where no-sex helmet had hit him right in the kidney. I gotta hit the showers. You mean with water? Swimming with the salamanders again? Salamanders was a racist term for the key, and the way Don said it meant he was mocking Quentin for his racist beliefs. Former racist beliefs, that was. But like any other sensitive subject under the sun, it was open for locker room ridicule and mockery. Up yours, blue boy. Don laughed. Seriously, though? You're gonna bathe? In water? You're civilized now, Q. Use the damn nanite showers. Bathing is civilized. Dude, you know all the dirt and sweat that comes off your body. Where do you think it goes? It goes into the water. The water you're bathing in. Taking a water bath is like soaking in your own filth. It's disgusting. Quentin shrugged. Then I guess I'm disgusting. Well, you can take the boy out of the mines. But listen, Q, mind if I give you some pointers about talking to the key? Quentin fought down a burst of annoyance. People just loved to give him advice. But Don was far more experienced in football and in life. And the old guy was usually right. Sure, Quentin said. Go ahead. Your offensive line did a crap job for you today. If you go hang out with them, talk to them, it's like you're saying, hey, it's no big deal. So what then? The silent treatment? Don nodded. For some of them, Kilo Yoad played his salamander ass off for you. He's also the key alpha male on the team, so you have to give him the respect he deserves. And by talking to him, you're showing the key race respect even if you don't respect the other individuals. That sounds complicated. Every race got its own set of ingrained politics. Learn what those politics are, or get used to losing. The key culture has all kinds of warrior code crap. Hierarchies, unwritten rules, unspoken traditions. Quentin rolled his eyes. Why couldn't everyone just play football? Unwritten? Unspoken? 
How in the void am I supposed to learn all that? By watching and learning, and by listening to me. Do you want to win a championship? Quentin felt the rush in his chest. Any thought, any mention of a title, it galvanized him. He nodded. Don spread his blue hands, palms up, as if to say, Well, there you go. Okay, Quentin said. I can talk to Killo. Anyone else? Shoto and Budo did okay, but they gotta do better. You can look at them, just don't talk to them. Vuko well had a bad game, but that's to be expected when you're up against Ryan Nosek. Vuko is also the oldest player on the team and number two in the alpha hierarchy, so you have to acknowledge his presence. Once you've done that, just pretend he's not there. Trust me, he'll be so ashamed of his performance, he won't want to engage you anyway. Got it, Quentin said. And Shunan Wan, the rookie? Don shook his head. You don't even look at him. Act like he doesn't even exist. He is responsible for three of those sacks. That's not going to change unless he ups his game. It's a warrior culture cue. Where they come from isn't as nicey-nicey as the GFL. Esclorno died today, Quentin said. The GFL doesn't sound nicey-nicey to me. Compared to where the key come from, one death is like a day in the park with a wife and the kids. For them, this game is combat. In combat, failure usually means corpses. Shunan Wan failed, so you act like he's dead to you. Sounds kind of harsh, Quentin said. I mean, he's a rookie. This was his first game. Don spread his hands again. All I can tell you is what I know. But it's your team, Q. You do things your way. Quentin thought for a second, then nodded. Okay, I'll go find Shizzle and go on in. Shizzle? What do you need that little credit rocking for? To translate, Quentin said. I don't speak key. Yes, but they understand you just fine. Besides, you can tell what they mean by the tone of the grunts. You're the one who needs to do the talking. You don't need a translator. Well, Shizzle, you know, he'll also, he'll also let me know who's who. Don's eyes narrowed. Quentin, you've come so far. Are you going to tell me you think all key look alike? It's not racist. They do all look alike. If they don't have jerseys on, I mean, you can't even tell them apart. I can, Don said, then turned and walked off. Quentin stared after him for a second, feeling both angry and embarrassed. He wasn't responsible for evolutionary shucking biology. They did all look alike. Quentin left the human locker room and went looking for Shizzle. In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Still dressed in only a towel, but now with Shizzle perched on his shoulder, Quentin entered the key locker room. It was empty, filled only with discarded jerseys, armor, and dirty joint braces streaked with black blood. Quentin and Shizzle walked through the littered floor, heading for the key baths. Shizzle was known for his garish outfits, but this one really took the cake. The material was pink, maybe, but it was hard to tell when tiny lights made waves of green, blue, and yellow light cascade over his football-shaped body. The material ran down his flat, two-foot-long tail and even covered his membranous wings. He had a rig on his head that seemed to be the Kretorakian version of sunglasses, pink frames holding black lenses over all three pair of eyes. Two eyes looked straight forward, two looked straight down, and one sat on either side of the head, looking left and right. I do wish you'd find another interpreter for this, Shizzle said. We don't have another interpreter. Then take a language course. I'll never understand your species' shortcoming in learning the tongues of other cultures. I speak over 300 languages. Quentin stopped at the door to the baths. Don't give me that, Shizzle. This is what your race does. You guys can learn a language in a week. We're not wired that way. Then your physiology is flawed. Quentin did not need this. Not now. Interpreting for the team was Shizzle's job. The little bat was starting to make Quentin mad. I'll tell you what, Quentin said. How about we make a deal? If I take a language class, then you come out and suit up for a practice. We'll see how well your physiology works on a football field. Shizzle stayed quiet for a second. Point taken he said. And why don't you want to go in there with me? What are you, racist? It shocked Quentin how liberating it felt to say those words, instead of having those words said to him. It's not racism, Shizzle said. It's terror. 
When the key are in areas with other races, I'm fine. But their baths, where it's dark and no one is around, I feel like I'm going to wind up on their dinner table. So you can eat with them. How bad can it be? Not at their dinner table, Backwater. On it. I'm about the right size for a key feast. In fact, I think I'll opt out of this. You don't need me. Shizzle, you are going in there with me. No, Backwater. I am not. Quentin's hand shot up and grabbed the football-shaped body. Bat-like wings flapped in panic. Six-eyed sunglasses clattered to the floor. Stop! Shizzle screamed. Stop it! Stop it! Quentin shook him to quiet him down. You shut up! I'm trying to unify a team, and you will help me! Do you understand? Yes! I'll go in! Please! Don't hurt me! Quentin looked at the disgusting creature. The race he'd hated his whole life. The race that had subjugated his people. He looked and saw fear. Shizzle feared for his life. Quentin let go. The Kretorakian flapped away, started flying a circle around the ceiling, trying to stay out of Quentin's reach. Another stressful moment, and Quentin had again reacted with violence. He put his hands over his face, felt that sensation of self-hatred well up in his throat. Yitzhak's words echoed in his thoughts. You're not on Makovi anymore. Shizzle, I'm sorry. I will go in with you. Shizzle kept circling around the ceiling. Just don't hurt me. Quentin looked up, watched Shizzle flying. The Kretorakian weighed all of 10, maybe 12 pounds. Quentin's left foot probably weighed more. Honest, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Shizzle stopped flying, clung to a ceiling fixture. Whatever you say, Quentin. Can we go in now? I will do my job. Just don't shake me again. Quentin wanted to find a hole, crawl in, and not come out for a decade. But despite his horrible behavior, he didn't have time for that. He had a job to do, a job that was in the key baths. He could try and make it up to Shizzle some other time. Quentin opened the door. Thick steam billowed out, catching the glow of purple lights from the inside. He walked in, wrinkling his nose against the stench of mildew and post-game key, something that made him think of dead fish mixed in with rotting chicken entrails. The sound of hissing water jets and low-range key growls played off the black tile walls. His eyes adjusted to the low lights, revealing a scene most humans would consider a nightmare. A large pool of black water, filled with a wriggling, entwined pile of long tubular bodies. Wet, orangish skin gleamed, as did the reddish-brown spots of enamel that dotted it. Add in the staring black eyes, muscular, multi-jointed arms, pinkish hexagonal mouths lined with black teeth, and you had a squirming, multi-headed ball of pure terror. Quentin tossed his towel, shook Shizzle off his shoulder, then dove into the water. Near scalding temperatures scraped at his skin, initially shocking, then soothing, relaxing. He arched his back and rose. His head popped out of the surface only a few feet from the massive ball of entwined key. It was no small feat to hide his instinctive fear, his natural revulsion. He controlled it for two reasons. First, these were his teammates, and he would not disrespect them by acting like some backwater racist brat. Second, this activity, coming into their private area and showing no fear, it helped them bond to him. And to win a championship, you needed an offensive line 
that would follow you to hell and back. As the glowing shizzle flew laps around the small pool, Quentin stared into a dozen sets of eyes, wondering if he'd recognize something specific, something familiar. All the key looked pretty much the same. He normally used jersey numbers to tell them apart. And then, shockingly, he realized one of the key's eyes were a little more round than the others. Its mouth, not perfectly hexagonal, but skewed a little. He saw those things and knew, without a doubt, that this one was Kilo Yoit. And there, the small pink scar above the left center eye, that was Akan Atak, the injured starting left guard. And that head, half buried in the tangle, he saw an eyelid that was a little more droopy than the others. Shunan Wan, the rookie he now recognized, despite only knowing him for four weeks. Shizzle, Quentin said. You can go. The garishly dressed bat didn't need to be told twice. He looked like a blur of foggy light as he shot away from the pool and back to the communal dressing room. Quentin looked into the eyes of the Kraken's alpha key. Kiloyoit, thank you for protecting me today. <laughs> the key grunted a reply. Quentin didn't understand the words, might never understand the vocally complex key language, but Don was right about one thing. You didn't need to fully understand words once you got used to their tone. Kiloyoit's grunt was the key equivalent of self-deprecating modesty. Had a human expressed an identical sentiment, he might have said something like, Yeah, I protected you so well you were sacked five times. Still, while football was a team game, an individual always knew when he or she had played well. Those five sacks? Not one had come from a sentient that Killo had been assigned a block. The packed ball of keys slithered and writhed a little. Some had slid in, some slid out. Water rippled across the pool, splashed against the sides. Quentin stared into many, many eyes, then recognized Shoto Thicket, the left guard, and Budo Shwek, his center. He nodded at each of these players in turn. Other black eyes stared at him. They seemed to be waiting, almost hoping. How about that? The big, bad key had accepted him as a war leader, and as such, they wanted his approval, or at least his acknowledgement. Well, they weren't going to get it. If they wanted recognition, they would have to earn it. Quentin swam to the edge of the pool, right under a stream of hot water that arced down from a spout high up on the black tile wall. The water splashed on his head. He shut his eyes tight against the heat. He sank down to his chin, soaking in, as Don had said, not only his filth, but the filth of his salamandry teammates. Aside from the sound of small waves and splashing fountains, there was no noise. Except for... crying? Quentin opened his eyes. Yes, it was crying. A woman's crying, from the other side of the gigantic pile of tangled key. He swam around the pile. On the other side, he saw a thick human head, fountain water splashing off of long black hair. No, not a human head. Thicker, blockier. A heavy G-head. Rebecca Montaigne. Quentin felt his face flush red. He was naked, in front of a woman. Sinful. 
Apparently, it didn't bother him to be naked in front of members of another species, but having a woman in here made him instantly self-conscious. He calmed himself. His body was underwater, water that looked black. She couldn't see anything of his, nor could he see anything of hers. Becca, you okay? She looked at him briefly, a disembodied, black-haired head floating on a black liquid surface. Her eyes looked very dark under the dim purple lights. Dark and a bit exotic. Then she shook her head. No, she said. I'm not okay. He swam closer, careful to keep a couple of yards between her and his nakedness. Hey, didn't anyone tell you there's no crying in football? He meant it as a joke, but she closed her eyes and started crying harder. I didn't mean it, she said choking out the words. I didn't mean to hurt her. Quentin nodded. He couldn't leave. He had to talk his teammate through this. She was the same age he was, maybe even a little older. Don Pine would know exactly what to say, but Don Pine wasn't here. Becca, this is football. Beings are going to get hurt. Beings are going to die. It's just the way it is. (laughs) I know that, she said between sobs. I've been playing since I was twelve. I've hurt beings before, ended careers. I've seen beings die. I just... Her voice trailed off. Quentin finished the sentence for her. You just never killed one yourself. She nodded. The mist and the splashing water fountain hid her tears. Quentin wondered what the ball of Slithering Key were thinking of this, of watching a teammate crying over the death of an opponent. Look, Montaigne, you're going to have to deal with this. You can't let this affect your play. Affect my play? Ascension died today, Quentin. Died because I killed her. Because you did your job. Because you executed your position. My position? Rebecca shook her head, again staring at Quentin like he was some kind of a ghoul. North Branch is dead, and you're talking about executing a position? Is that all you think about? Football? Quentin blinked a few times, then gave her the honest answer. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. She said nothing, just cast her gaze back to the Blackwater's surface. Montaigne, you're in Tier 1 now. If football isn't all you think about, then make it all you think about. We don't have room on the roster for someone who doesn't. Her eyes snapped up again, glaring at him like he'd said something completely unbelievable. She turned, put her hands on the tile sides of the pool, and pulled herself out of the water. Quentin's eyes went wide as he saw a glimpse of her naked behind before he quickly turned away. He heard her feet slapping against the wet tile surface, then the hiss of the door as she left the pool room. He wondered if he had ever felt as embarrassed as he did at that moment. You have been listening to The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. 
superweaponband.com. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.